everybody, and welcome to Let Me Ask My Mom. My name is Carlisle Studer, and I am here with my mother, Carmen. Also Studer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be presumptuous. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetie. Thanks for having me in your podcast. This is our podcast. I know. But I'm really thankful because a lot of kids don't like to hang out with their parents. Feel blessed. That's true. But a lot of kids don't have cool parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's my goal in life is to make all the parents cool. To be a cool mom. Well, that too. (laughs) That just reminds me of that Mean Girls quote. Which one? (laughs) Which one? She's like, I'm a cool mom. Oh, Amy Amy Poehler. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. She was so funny in that movie. It was great. Okay. So do we want to talk about the purpose of our name and our podcast or? Sure. What? Why did you like it? And we got to th- we got to do a shout out to Courtney for naming us. Oh yeah, shout out Courtney for naming our podcast. She also gives the best book recommendations. Um so we so we'll we'll just start it off and why am I asking you questions? Why do you get precedent over <laughs> other people? <laughs> That's a great question. Um I think that every child secret weapon is their mother. And they just always go and ask their mom. Kev, do you ask your mom stuff? Every day, pretty much. <laughs> Kevin and, yes. is our producer. But yeah, that connection is very important. That uh, Not just mother-daughter, but mother-son as well. There you go. Dane calls me all the time. Um, but yeah. yeah. In fact, out of all of us, I have a brother and a sister. And I would say my younger brother is the one who calls my mom the most. Oh, really? For sure. <laughs> That's awesome. But, and we love getting calls. So any of you out there listening, call your mom. Because she wants you to ask her questions. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to feel important. That's true. It's all about me feeling important. I know. Anytime anyone asks me a question, I don't know. I'm like, um, let me ask my mom. <laughs> and I'll get back to you. Um, so we'll start off with our daily podcast. Or not daily, but our, our podcast question. Um, Go ahead and ask your mom. But all I want, what I wanted you to say and what I wanted the people to know is that we're asking you because you, for a living, and life coach people. Yes. I like to think of myself, your dad named it, he, as a modern-day elder because it's still, you know, somebody you go to. Um, but we've kind of lost track of that. You know, people used to live with their grandma and their mom and, you know, everybody. And now everybody has their own place and people don't go to their elders as much. Um, and then my friend Catherine calls me a spiritual advisor. But, but really, I'm just somebody who's obsessed with information and I like to share it. I'm an aggressive sharer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is perfect for you. Yes, it is. So where we're going to have one question to kick it off every time. Yes. All right, let's hear the question for this week. Um, In your opinion, as someone who for a living works with people in some of their most tumultuous times and some of times that are not so bad, what is like a really bad habit that most people have, but they're unaware of how negatively it's affecting their lives? Such a a great question. So my first reaction is all habits. Um, people are kind of ignorant of in a way because they don't realize that they've been programmed from a very, very young age by all kinds of people, the community, the parents, the grandparents, the friends, the older siblings. And so we, we begin living in these patterns that we don't even realize that we're living in. But if I had to say the most harmful thing that is absolutely pervasive and I think really damaging, and that is um, self-talk. I think people ignorantly speak so harshly to themselves in ways they would never speak to their friends. So that would be my answer this week. Um, what do you think about it? About something, a habit that people do that they don't realize is bad? Yeah. Um, I would say probably... I don't know. I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of bad people habits that people have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't even realize like I said where it comes from. It's just something that they do. 
And then I think when you talk about blind spots, which is more of the ignorant space from which people do something, it's often completely subconscious. They're, they're not aware. And that's one of the first things I try to do is to get people aware and present in a moment so that they can begin to see themselves. Because if you can't see it, it's very hard to change it. Oh, I would probably say like it comes, it's in, in line with negative self-talk, but that, that can span over so many areas because that can be joking or it can be serious or it can be when you're alone but I would say when people um and I do this all the time that's probably why (laughs) probably why I'm so aware of it is when um people for like apologize constantly for things that like aren't their fault oh yeah yeah so like if someone bumps into me and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry that's like a bad habit because it makes you're like speaking guilt over yourself and yes you're not like you know I guess there's just not a I don't know how to say the word, but yeah. And it automatically, um, for the predator, uh, it makes you a mark. Predator? Yeah, there's a lot of... <laughs> Excuse a, me. A lot of... I'm not saying you're a predator. I'm saying that the person who is always apologizing and timid and, and skittish is going to be somebody that the predator type human that likes to control other people, they're going to gravitate towards them. So that's going to be something that is, you know, this is why I don't like um, parents that teach their parent their kids how to be good all the time, you know, because sometimes... Yeah, teach your kids to be bad <laughs> all the time. Because you don't want them to be pushovers? Exactly, exactly. And so if, um, if some girl has been taught to be polite all the time and a Harvey Weinstein kind of guy comes around, she's not going to know how to handle him because she's not been taught skills that are strong skills of authority in situations like that because they've given the authority away. And I find it dangerous, very dangerous. Thank you for saying that, Kevin. No, no problem. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we're taught from a young age is that we have no authority in classrooms. And we're told, like, even as kids, you tell your, your kids their opinions aren't important, that their imaginary friends aren't real. Like, it's, but yeah, I think that does start young. And it's interesting that it's more prevalent in women, but I think that's just because we're biologically more programmed to want to create peace community yeah absolutely yeah. and it's one of the greatest skills there is it's something that we need a lot 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 more of in this world for sure all right so we're moving next on. up so what is our what is you named it so you introduce it our all next right, segment so our our intro segment is let me ask my mom but our our next segment is non-current events because i uh for some reason, shy away from current events. There's way too much stuff out there. On yeah, there's enough people talking about current events. <laughs> exactly. <out there. laughs> yeah. And then I also think there's a lot of stuff out there that people aren't aware of. And so I think it's fun to share stuff that people are like, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's much more fun to know what was happening like 200 years ago. <laughs> because it was so much more difficult to get anything done. I know. I was thinking about Harriet Tubman this morning. I This is random, but... She had no GPS. She had no guide. <laughs> she had no highway. You know, here's the highway to take. She literally tuned into God. That is so amazing to that, me. That's crazy. I had a show in here yesterday. They were talking about Harriet Tubman. Oh, as well. really? Mm-hmm. It's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's going Harriet, around. Harriet, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to add? <laughs> Can you tell us the way? Yeah. Hey, this was a counselor's office, okay? There's been a lot of healing in this room, so who knows? <laughs> there you go. We're all about healing, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think since I grew up, like when I, from when I started driving, I, there's always been maps installed on your phone. Right. And I think that's greatly affected my sense of direction because sometimes I keep it on just because if I zone out, I'll just keep driving straight if I start... <laughs> Like, I mean, not if I have somewhere to go, but if, okay. if, I'm, if I'm not in a hurry and I get thinking about something while I'm driving, I'll get so distracted by what I'm oh, yeah. thinking that I'll just keep autopilot on. and just keep going. So if I'm on like a long road trip, I'll, I'll keep it on to remind myself. That same autopilot is what also gets in the way of people's lives. They get on autopilot about everything. When to be angry, when not to be angry, all that. And so whose current event are we going with today? Yours or mine? Mine. My non-current event. Oh, non-current. I'm sorry. Thank you. And it's a subject I am always very excited to talk about. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. And it's 
one of those things that it's like, I don't know why I think it's so funny, but there used to be mass hysteria around getting buried alive because that actually happened to people. What? Yes. Okay, you're now talking, you're, you're in a category I know nothing about. That's still a modern thing, I think. People get so buried people alive. Still, people are still afraid well, to be buried yes. when they die because they think that they'll be they'll still be awake or something. Yes. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. But it's yeah. But there was like, okay. So we'll, I'm really loud. I would wake up that coffin. <laughs> You'd be. <laughs> we hear you. Seven. Except I'm probably going to be cremated. So. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Screaming. On if the, your ashes start yeah. screaming, I'm just, gonna... <laughs> just bring them in here and tell Harriet Tubman to help out. <laughs> Singing Ashes would be a really cool studio. Yeah. Person, probably would interfere with some of the recording we did. Oh my God, that'd be so creepy. No, I never knew there was mass hysteria about that. Yes. People were commonly afraid of it. So that meant that it happened. Oh yes, it did happen. And there's no way to know how much it happened because um, the people died. But <laughs> obviously. But, um, but I think it's funny because it's just... Because it's 200 years ago. Well, no, this one was actually a lot more recent. But oh, okay. um, it's just funny that that had to be like a genuine problem, that there wasn't a way to just tell if someone was still alive because people would develop an illness. Right. And they would go into a coma. Right. And their breathing would be so slow that they would assume that they were dead. And because it was, they didn't know if it was contagious or not, they would just bury people prematurely. But that's not what happened in this case. Oh, you have a specific case. Okay. So his name was Angelo Hayes. And when I um, went back to double check some things and research it some more. Because you're like Little Miss fact check. Yes. So his name actually might have been Angel Hayes, but there was no like way to find a concise one. And then there is some speculation on how long he was buried alive, but we'll get to that. So he was 19. He was a French man and he wrecked his motorcycle in 1937 and he hit a brick wall. And so he, I think, cracked his skull and severely disfigured his face to the point where they didn't even want his parents to see his face because it was so bad. Um, We're burying this guy. <laughs> he looks like, bad. Ugly, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but uh, he had no pulse, so they declared him dead. And three days later, he was buried. But insurance investigation because he had just taken out a life insurance policy that was like for like $200,000 or something like that. So be the insurance investigation called for his body to be exhumed two days after the funeral. Um, and apparently his parents didn't want him to be unburied, which made the insurance company think more so that he, yeah. that they, it was something Guilty. suspicious. But um, shockingly, when they unburied him, his body was still warm and he was in a deep coma with a diminished need for oxygen. So and the parents might have really done something. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> they could not be. Well, I'm sure they didn't run the motorcycle into the wall, though. So <laughs> this is the part that's speculative, because some people say it was like he was just in the, where, where the coroner's office for three days, and then some say that he actually was buried for two days before coming back. But all the accounts I read were that he was buried for two days, and then when they exhumed him, his body was still warm. Um, and he made a complete recovery with surgery and rehab, and he became a French celebrity. Good for him. And, <laughs> and this is, is why people are afraid of this. Yes. Right? right? And so he went on tour featuring um, a, a security coffin. Was it called the Grateful Dead? <laughs> a security <laughs> coffin? Yes. Yeah, so these were, because there was mass hysteria about being buried alive, especially. Oh, they had to have a, like an emergency eject, eject button on the, <laughs> on the coffin. <laughs> They, they put crazy things in them. Like this one had um, oh, they would upholstery, a food locker, a toilet, and even a small library. They didn't say anything about a pathway for air, but they were like, you have books and kids get bored. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long you're going to be dead for. You're running of oxygen eight hours, but you have a Roku in there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is like the Tesla of coffins. Wow. It had everything. But... um. Well, I, when I was in high school, I worked at a car dealership and uh, I, there was a guy waiting for a car and we get to chatting and he was telling me about how his family owned a mortuary and then he worked in the morgue and 
he was telling me that they had to break people's backs and I was horrified. And he's like, well, it's a lot better than having them all of a sudden sit up on the slab or have their arm go flying up in the air because they're still doing nervous twitches. Yeah, because there's electrical current still running through. Oh, it's this is a very creepy topic. It's a very morbid <laughs> conversation. I know. Now, now, like everyone who's sent a loved one to a mortuary is like, damn, they b- broke their back. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. But they might it's not okay. be true now. It just was in the 80s. It was real. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Bodies have since stopped and, I doing mean, that. It, it is. I, I, I have only heard that firsthand. I didn't see it. <laughs> You didn't want to do a tour of the mortuary? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, that's why I'm like, just throw me on the fire. I'm, Don't do anything weird with my body. Yeah, just... I'm all about sunshine and roses. You know that. Yeah. I should have brought my rose-colored glasses to confirm this fact. Would you ever donate your body to science? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not me. I know maybe you... that's vain, but I hate the thought of like a bunch of med students like standing over my dead body and like my spleen falls out and they all have a couple of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> like, yeah. I know I'm not going to know that, but still. Yeah, it's kind of brutal. That is brutal. I guess I would want them just to like use, I guess I would want to do organ And so donation. how did you get interested in this whole buried alive thing? I just think it's so funny that this is a genuine problem that people. So this is a comedy thing for you. No, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> its roots are in comedy. Well, there, the amount of companies that created security coffins and all of them had different amenities. Yeah. I think are just hilarious. Yeah, that is really, it's very interesting. But do you I know mean, they still make them? Yes, they actually made one recently, which really? I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> it just came up in her reading. Yeah, um, and why did you ask that? <laughs> well, no, it was Kevin's gonna buy one later today. I wanted to see what all the coffins looked like, and apparently they just created one recently that was like, I don't know, I don't know why. It's almost like a, a an Egyptian tomb, like yeah. We're gonna send you like in this little capsule, and you'll have. It's kind of like. What's well, his got, name on Mars? Matt Damon on Mars. Like you have so many days where you can survive and you got to get communication back to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Egyptians, they took all your organs and put them in jars and mummified you. So even if you were still alive. <laughs> That's what I meant by weird stuff with my body. Yeah. 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 Do any of that. yeah. No Egyptian <laughs> burial. Like, Keep all the yeah. formaldehyde away from me. Keep me out of the sarcophagus. There you go. That's hilarious. Yeah. But the reason that you like that, let's talk about why, why you like looking at odd and suspicious things for, you, for your comedy no no because no, no. it, i've it's interesting so are we are we going to talk about you and what you do no absolutely not okay <laughs> <laughs> this is none of no <laughs> okay well then let's move on <laughs> what are you a cop <laughs> <All right. laughs> no just a mother very innocent one that likes to ask questions and so, what about superstitions? That was one of the Is things the, what I wanted to talk, to talk about? about today was superstitions. Okay, well, what are the main superstitions? I mean, I don't think there is such a thing as main superstitions. But before we go into your opinion on superstitions, what are ones that you frequently run into? So um, professional athletes have a lot of superstitions. Like if something works on something, they make a decision on what that was. It could be a beard. It could be... Uh, a you know a golf club it could be whatever the magic is yeah like an uncut gems there, there are main superstitions though right like oh, yes. walking under a ladder okay. or breaking a mirror or something yes like that. walking under a ladder breaking a mirror holding stepping your... on a crack um I, <laughs> salt. I think that's more of a jingle, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, a jingle. spilling salt buying white lighters black cats 666 um there's a few more which i have a problem with all of those I forgot about the white lighters. Right? What the is white, white lighters? I hadn't heard that one. That's always been a thing. It's, really? But I just remember. Apparently, since I don't use lighters. Be- <laughs> yeah, anybody, nobody would ever buy like a white cigarette lighter. It's yeah, like, it's because it's luck. a bunch of um, really famous, influential people all died at the age of 27 with a white lighter in their pocket. So I think it was like Janis Joplin, Jimi oh. Hendrix. I did I, not know oh, that. That's yeah. cool. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's How did why. you even know that off the cuff? That's pretty impressive. Were you just um, over there just Googling while I said like, that? <laughs> no, I knew that. I was just kidding. Because um, that's that age, 27, that all those people, I remember, passed away. Celebrities. Yes, exactly. So I guess, let's see. I who think it was Farley one of those? I'm trying to find it. Okay, the 27 Club. That's it. The White Lighter Myth. Several musicians and artists. Let's see who all it was, though. I'm curious. 
That's wild. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and Kurt Cobain. Wow. All musicians. All 27. And, and so it was probably like Bic lighters trying to like promote themselves like, oh, this is who carried it. <laughs> they were probably throwing it in there. And, and then detriment. it turned, right, I was just saying that, like it, it got totally turned around and became a bad luck thing. Yeah, I also think because whenever they started selling those like traditional ones that you see like in like the gas station ones all the time, they probably only had a few colors. And that didn't used to be yeah, like- Yeah, it all, seems like yeah. all I remember from back in the day are red ones. Yeah, so I'm sure they had like mm -hmm. red, white, and black. And so it was just more common. But the only reason- I, because Dane, my brother, would always buy white lighters. Um, because. Because he would, <laughs> And he did make it to 27, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't believe in the superstition. And he thought it was funny. Because every, cause every time. Too. So that's how you knew about it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I was like, well, I can, I guess I've, you heard, you hear kids talking about that in high school. Because if anyone has a white lighter, everyone's like, oh my God, why do you have a white lighter? You're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but not until you're 27. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? true. You like, got some time. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give you gotta give that habit. The lighter's probably gonna run out before you're twenty seven. Yeah, at least you know you won't get buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so so why do people believe them? That's my question. I don't know. Why why does somebody wholeheartedly believe something? And of course I have a philosophy about that. I think the reason that somebody has a belief about anything is they've floated that thought around their head enough times that it's created a rut, so to speak, in their brain, and it's become truth to them. You know, that's what faith is. It's a belief that's been repeated often enough that it becomes something that you act on, which is interesting. Do you have a superstition? Um, Do you no. have? No. I'm not superstitious at all. I have this really stupid one that my wife got me on. Like, <laughs> never have the radio volume at like 13. Um, never have the thermostat set at 66, which I, I used to say that's so ridiculous. It doesn't mean anything. And then I, the last couple of years, anytime my volume's on 13, I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. I'm like, why do I care about that? Yeah, that's funny. I'm trying to think if there's anything oh, yeah, that I, I actually, I think I was very rebellious as a child because I remember taking an umbrella out when I wasn't supposed to. You did that too. Opening umbrellas And inside. walking under ladders just to prove that people were wrong. And I'm trying to remember other That's things. That's probably where it starts. So when you're a kid and you hear your parents tell you that stuff, just, yeah, you know. That's what I was going to say. sticks in your head. I was going to say you hear it from someone who's influential to you and so you believe it. Yeah, but that doesn't explain the athletes that. Okay, if you imagine because that uncut gems, that was that was real. Yeah, imagine if you're Kevin Garnett and you have a life changing basketball game, and you had this uh, magical. Okay, but how are superstitions different than having like a crystal in your pocket or on your nightstand? Because that's like kind of the same thing. It's just not a commitment to it's, having to do it every time. It's conscious same to thing. you. It's it is you have put so much power into it that that's what gives it the belief. That's what gives it the power. If that makes sense. I but it's different than like a good luck charm or something that you've put so much love into is different than being afraid of something because everyone says you should be. Yeah, I guess the only, I feel like in today's world, I don't ever encounter anyone who's actually superstitious about something. You don't? No, do you? Yeah, I do. Like, but with what specifically? Mostly, like I said, athletes that I've worked with. Okay, but see, that's what I think. I think that's different because I think that when you're a performer of any type, you have a routine you do before right, or something you do to get into the zone, which is what you would call it. Yes. So I think that's less of a superstition uh -huh. and more of like a, a practice. Oh, yeah, because Michael Jordan one time, someone stole his jersey uh -huh. and he threw a fit because he couldn't have his number and he, and he was really scared to wear another number and he ended up, um, and he ended up having like a really great game. But um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so it is him and not the jersey. <laughs> Who would have? Everybody was wondering. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love how you've gotten into basketball. We're not talking about that. Okay. Um, Excuse me. We're only talking about heavily researched topics. Heavily researched. I don't. Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> do you lightly, have one? Do you have one you want to talk about? about? Lightly Googled topics. There you go. Um, this is. Uh, but wait, before we go on, because so you do have people who are yes. incredibly superstitious that you I wouldn't work say with. incredibly, but 
Yes. And you think it's just be a, ha a thought habit Well, it process? depends on if it's damaging to them or healthy for them. If it's good for them, go think it all day long. I love it. Whatever works for somebody. But if I can see that it's holding them back in some way, having that faith in, in something that might not be real, I try to help them question it. Yeah. For I feel, sure. I feel like I do see a lot of people get weird about 666, though. And, Just, and, I mean, religious people, not. Well, and it's interesting, too, because it they will run from stuff. Like, I've said the word universe in the presence of a Christian, and they freak out. Or if somebody sees, oh, my God, my license plate that I got has 666 on it. There's no way I can deal with this. I personally probably might not like it. Also, like, I don't know, but I all, I do know that six electrons, six neutrons, and six protons are one of the chemical makeups of a human body. <laughs> so Satan was just doing math. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think anytime you can dispel something and show that there is a greater power and that you have access to that greater power, that to me is where, you know, the flow comes from is overcoming it and you can go crazy with that like is disease real is our sickness is real our virus is real or are we collectively creating things all right know. this took a very big jump yeah because <laughs> i literally was just asking but the about whole 666 thing is is i think um you know if you look back numerology used to be a huge deal and numbers absolutely represented things even in the hebrew like um, different sects of Hebrew, they, there's actual rabbis that teach numerology. It's not necessarily this antichrist thing. And a, a number as simple as maybe this is like the, the number that represents a word that means change maybe scared people because they don't like change. Change your thought, change the way you're doing things. People resist change. And I think, I think, I don't know for sure, I've never done any test or studying deeply on numerology but i do think that six is the change number and i think maybe there's something to do with that and i do know somewhere in the bible i think it's considered the mark of the beast mm -hmm. but i'm not sure how that shows up in the bible so i won't speak on it yeah. <laughs> i don't know um well I was going to talk about something completely unrelated. I like it. Just uh, <laughs> jump around. So I was reading this article about this guy who used to work at LAX. His name is Brandon Presser, and he wrote an article about things you would never guess about an airport unless you worked there. Um, and so like, I'll overview that, but then I'll tell you all the crazy things and living animals people have tried to smuggle through airports because it's truly insane. Um, but back to well this is kind of morbid i promise i'll stop talking about dead people <laughs> eventually but and so this old man she's gonna move on to dead animals right <laughs> so we will so this he when he was working at lax he said that someone had tried to get a dead body through security because their dad had died while they were like on vacation or something and um so they buy a plane ticket and strap him to a wheelchair and try and get it home for burial because they shipping a corpse. Oh, it's like Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how bad that would smell though? Well, I think it was recently. I oh. think it was very, I mean, he didn't say Still, anything about though, the smell. I don't, I don't know. That's, but, um, that's yeah. a whole nother level of person too. I, I, I don't think I could. It's, it's bold. You got to give them that. I, I agree. have friends that have helped somebody do their hair in their coffin or, you know, for their burial. And I'm, I love you, honey, but I'm not going to do your hair. Yeah, I couldn't do that for sure. No <laughs> I think way. it's great that people can. I'd love that's mm -hmm. the body of Christ and how everybody has different gifts and things that they're good at, you know, because I do stuff that people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, my God, it's so fun to me. Um, but it's just because the cost of shipping a corpse is very expensive, which it should be cheaper because you're not alive. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to get a Coke and a snack. You don't require any amenities. So yeah. They don't have to bring you peanuts. <laughs> no amenities. You're not going to use the bathroom or get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to use the bathroom. You won't commit terrorism. It's, it's you know, it's all a game. You're not even taking up a seat. They, they know that you don't have a choice. So yeah. it's supply and well, demand. <laughs> anyways, they tried to take down the patriarchy and send him through security, but they obviously did not make it through security. Um, 
Wow. So, something else I thought was interesting before we get to all the random animals that were smuggled through or attempted to uh, is that the sec from the second you purchase your plane ticket from before from when you purchase your plane ticket to when you get to the airport, they start doing background and cross checks on you and running algorithms on security threats just based on your name and the information you gave, which I think is really interesting. Um, So a lot of random screenings aren't actually random Random. screenings. It's because something in in your algorithm came up as suspicious. Uh, But a man with 84 songbirds taped to his body. What? 88? 84. 84. 84. I mean, just over four would be a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Four songbirds is available to tape to your body. But wouldn't they make noise? Okay, well, he put... Um, rubber bands around their beaks. Oh, this is so terrible. sad. I know. And then he put them in like uh, toilet paper rolls and then he wore really baggy sweatpants and strapped them to his legs under the sweatpants. And when um, questioned, he said he was going to enter them in a stateside singing competition. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, but a lot of people try to get animals, animals through. Yeah. Um, but 84, so he was he was probably going to try and sell him. Probably. I don't know. But After, after his concert. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to get his profit. Yeah. He has to win his state competition first and then um, do it. Uh, but let's see. A woman, as she was coming into Melbourne from Singapore with 51 live tropical fish hidden in her specially designed apron under her skirt... And when uh, like it's got water in it. Yes. And officials were, you know, like when they were she was going through screenings and things, they said they heard sloshing, (laughs) (laughs) which is absolutely insane. And if you Google this, there's a picture. I'm guessing they had to laugh. They had to take a picture of it because she had 15 bags full of water and then just tied off, and then this little like apron skirt thing, and they were all just tucked in there. But when you took like the main part of the skirt off, you could see just all of these bags of literal live tropical fish. <laughs> you got to give Kevin the picture so we can post that somehow. Is this, but, is this from like the TSA? Because if you don't follow TSA on social media, oh, you no, should. They I post don't. the best stuff, like stuff they find on people. And oh, nothing as crazy idea. as this stuff so far, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Well, apparently, we've got a new job for you. You can work for the TSA. <laughs> I'll do it too. Yes. You guys can report. Because I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> report back. But um, but smuggling wildlife is like an $80,000 fine. You can get up to 10 to 20 years in prison. Wow. Especially from other countries. But um, the last one living thing that was interesting was there was a cobra in a pink Pringles can that someone found. And now it's living in the San Diego Zoo. Wait, what was it? A, a cobra in a, a Pringles can? So it was can? a baby. In a Pringles can. It was yeah. a baby, yeah. I guess it was small. But, but still bringing a venomous snake on a plane is... Yes. Well, kind of well, like that movie. Wait for this. It's even worse. <laughs> one snake in a Pringle can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a German couple collecting bugs in Peru. Sketchy already. <laughs> Absolutely not. I disagree. I love Yeah, haven't you ever seen like Dead Alive or Arachnophobia bugs. or something like that? Yes. Well, they had a suitcase with 200 tarantulas, Ooh. Um, dozens of centipedes, crickets, and grasshoppers that were hiding in plastic boxes, wait for it, stuffed between their clothes. <gasps> That's what I was waiting for. Oh, it, that gives me the willies. Was this carry-on or checked? Yes. <laughs> No, yeah, no, yeah, because that's how they found they found the tarantulas were in the ones the little thing that goes through the X ray. Oh, and then all the other ones were literally strapped in their clothes in plastic boxes. Oh, can you imagine coming upon that being like, ah, no, (laughs) what is that? That's what I was thinking. I'm like sitting down, like, what if you like, what if one of those things open and it's squished and, ugh, yeah, not good. But yeah, those are so. Are there any non-animal? Strange stories, um, or were most of a the- mummified human hand? Someone Ew. trying to get <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody from like I don't know way back when the mafia yeah. first started. <laughs> I'm like, is that for a seance? Like, what are you doing? Maybe I'm crazy, but that's to me that's the least offensive of of the, all the items so far. I'm yeah. like, that's not that bad. I agree, but why do you want one? It's like okay, Carlisle when she was little made me go see that. What is that called? Where they have the body, like human body exhibit? Oh god, body works or yes, body, and all body that. world. Oh, body. I hate that. Okay, I loved it. I was a good mother, and there was one, it was in California while we were out there, and I took you to it. Uh-huh, I remember. And I thought I was gonna 
die and I actually did really well and was like, wow, this is fascinating. But it really made me like, I still think that the person who thinks to do these things, I, I'm, I don't get it. <laughs> but on my it's way, so I was doing so good until, do you remember what happened? Yes. Mm -hmm. As we walked out, there's these things hanging, random, like nude colored things hanging on these like, like lines, like you were laying, laundry, what is that called when you hang it on? Like a clothesline? Yeah, like a clothesline going across the exit. And I realized it was human skin and I about fainted. I don't know why the rest of it I could handle, but the way that they did that and how you walked out, I was done. But it's not like real rotting skin. No, I mean they obviously did something to it, but it was yeah, a whole. Yeah, cured or it was something. It's still. Body oh. And the way that they had to cut it and up. My favorite yeah. one was the nervous system because it's just the eyes and then the whole thing, just uh -huh. all the nerves. I could never do it. I only saw one that was um, when I went to Vegas. They had at the airport just like uh, one little like, exhibit to yeah. advertise the place or whatever, and that even grossed me out. You just I think like it. even Jeffrey Dahmer could have had a real job. Yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, it takes all kinds. Wasn't he? And a I mean, it though? is necessary. He for, was everything. Yeah, it is necessary. <laughs> Murderer, for, cannibal, all kinds of stuff. For you know, for medical reasons, and that was probably the wildest thing I ever read was in that book, the agony, the agony and the ecstasy about Michelangelo's life. It's a historical fiction, but it was based on a lot of true stuff. And that the 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 priests back then used to hold the the dead bodies before they were buried in the morgue and they would let him in to cut open the body so he could see underneath the skin so he would know how to carve the body better. Yeah, or, see, Dahmer, would, they'd be like, okay, look, you can't eat or have sex with any of them. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'm out, dude. Yeah. Where's no, the fun in that? Oh. No getting high on your own supply, Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, yeah. You are an interesting child. When you were little, you used to love like blood, and I thought okay, you'd be a doctor. Okay, you're making me sound so creepy. I did no, not but love you, blood. Well, it just you never were, bothered. Yeah, you I love horror movies and reading you about serial killers. And she yeah. likes that too. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I'm afraid of all of it. it makes me like not breathe. See, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's never bothered me. I think that's like what's that. so cool about be, having their different people to serve different ways in this world. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for like being the stuff. way you are because you just make me laugh all the time. Yeah, maybe Carlisle's someone who could have been like a mortician or something. Oh, I could have. I've thought really? about that. Really? I've literally been like, I, that is because it's one of the only few jobs that the people you work with don't talk to you. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that is a, such an underrated benefit. And it's like, you don't have to worry about saving their life or accidentally <laughs> killing them. You also have never have anybody to go to lunch with. Yeah, that's true. But it would just be, it would be really interesting, I think, because I used to be obsessed with that show. Um, on like Six discovery. No, oh, it's, um, reality. Uh, what was it called? It's Dr. G medical examiner. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. So she was a coroner, but she, they brought all the cases to her, like murder cases that they didn't know how the person died. Like, uh, it's kind of like house, but for a, hmm. a coroner, but right. it was, it was a reality show. And so like very suspect cases they would bring to right. her and it was such a good show. And I was like, I could do that. But, but you're, <laughs> you're going to instead use it for humor. <laughs> no, I'm just just just, just a hobby. <laughs> that is interesting though, because I could never do that. Yeah, no, me neither. I have a friend that wants to work with families who have just lost somebody, and I think it's amazing that she's like, no, I have a passion. They're they're vulnerable. They're you know, and I want to protect them. And I love that there's people that can do everything. Yeah, it's true. I can't. I panic in those situations. Could you have been like a surgeon, Carlisle, if you wanted to? Could you like cut somebody open? Oh yeah, if they're alive, like, really? Yeah. I just couldn't, can't do math. So <laughs> if someone was like, you have to give them 50 cc's of whatever stat, and I couldn't convert that with their body weight, that's like, not a good... Counting on your fingers? Like. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you have a TI-85? I can't do this on my own. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I could definitely do that easily. But I can't, I can't, like, I can give someone a shot or take someone's blood. Like, I could do that without being squirmish, but I cannot get my blood taken without freaking out your own absolutely not no i just don't like needles i can't do needles yeah needles don't bother me <gasps> oh. 
I actually, when she was little, I made her write a note to herself after she had shots because she's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, I want you to write yourself a note because you won't believe me. <laughs> but I don't even think that helped the next time you went. You no. had that little note from yourself. It didn't hurt. <laughs> no, I remember you would like beg me. You'd be like, I'll give you $20 if you just don't cry <laughs> because you're way too old to be crying at the doctor's. And I would still cry every time. I you're just, like, I want more money. <laughs> <laughs> She's a negotiator. You had some leverage there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, God only I knows. hate needles. Yeah, they're no fun. Try having a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's the feeling of getting your blood taken too is just weird, and because it doesn't hurt. Like everyone knows it doesn't hurt. That's not what freaks me out. But it's just a weird sensation. Yes, it's mm-hmm. that's even like I've gotten acupuncture. I literally went to go get acupuncture because yeah. it. I'm trying to get rid of my fear of needles. And I was like, what better way to have them inside you for 20 minutes at a time? Did it work? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> one time they, they, um, they accidentally left one of the needles in the, my, what? in my head. I mean, I didn't get to leave the doctor's office oh. with it, but I like started to like put my shoes on and stuff and talk. And then I felt it in there. And then you ever since it. then, every time I got that, it was like, I would just couldn't, I felt I would leave the office feeling like I had needles all over my body that just, they just couldn't find. Yeah. When the doctor tells me I have to get a shot of some sort or they have to pull blood, I'm like, okay, well, I need like the spa version because I have to be laying down. <laughs> my feet have to be above my head. I can't, I have to lay here for a while. <laughs> You're going to have to use another room. <laughs> You're like, do Bring you have me a some incense. <laughs> yeah, no, it takes me forever to recover. And one time I thought I was kind of over that. I'd gotten older and I had something happen at a dermatologist's office or something where I had to get some removed or something and i was like okay i'm fine i walk out and floom you fainted right down yeah Yeah. it was too soon yeah (laughs) i need the kind where you can check in yeah no i did the same thing the last time i got the last and only time i've ever gotten my blood taken um the lady got the needle out and i was like i'm gonna be so calm during this whole thing and then as soon as she started putting the alcohol swab like that smell is like triggering because you know you're about to get a shot i I just started like crying and i was like i I know like i'm not scared like i'm just like this is how i I do and she was like oh my god you need to lay down and i was like (laughs) okay okay and so i laid down and she was like you know if you keep freaking out you're gonna make it worse and i was like i'm trying not to but you're making this worse but anyways so you blamed her Yes. It's not very good bedside manner there. No, she was being so rude. Um, and then so I stood up like afterwards that, and then I fell directly into and ripped the blinds out of their window. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. Well, then know. there's some people that have the opposite. Do you guys know anyone who literally laughs when something bad happens? Where it's like they cannot stop laughing Mm-mm. when they see some somebody else get hurt or okay that's not uh, but those that's different. trying to change the subject of, okay <laughs> well then bring up i don't want to talk about needles sorry anymore. i think i took us down this road <laughs> bring up other topics you have then it's okay it's okay can we talk about how much i love being a morning person <laughs> yeah go for it like i was so happy this morning and i want everyone to know that they could be happy when they wake up Carly's like, I totally disagree. I'm happy when I wake up if I can sleep till noon. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> when did you get up today, you, Carla? If you get enough sleep. I woke up at nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, no, not at all. There you go. I set my alarm for 10. I slept till 11. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. And so what about, what? can we talk about emotions and how they bring in different thoughts and different vibes? Yeah, present me your, give me your PowerPoint. (laughs) So you recently suggested a book to me that's been around, I think, a while. Mm -hmm. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I have absolutely loved this book. And one of, there's a couple of things that I I got from this book. But one of them was, I'm very convicted now, that her version of the genius, um, rather than it being a person, is something that kind of comes and visits you. And I absolutely 100% believe it's not just the genius that comes to visit us, but regardless of what emotional scale we're on, where we are, those are the thoughts that our brain is transmitting and receiving. And I think that it's essential that people understand that because if they're in a bad place, they're going to get bad thoughts, bad, bad results, bad, they're going to, 
actually hear or receive things that aren't good. Whereas if they are in a really good space or wanting to be in a creative space and they're taking a walk or sitting quietly, then really amazing things like genius will come to you. Yeah, because she says it's the spirit of genius. Right. Yeah. But I look at it from like more of a scientific view as a frequency. Like what frequency does somebody have to be on to have a genius come visit them? Have you ever had a genius visit you? Have I had a genius visit me? Yeah. A genius spirit? Um, I think I've had a genie visit me. <laughs> Does that count? Does that count? Like a magic genie? Like Aladdin? Or like I Dream of Genie? See, she's never seen that. I asked her that today. It's weird. That, that weird. came up yeah. twice in one yeah. day. Uh-uh. I've never seen it. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call this episode Harriet Tubman and I Dream of Genie. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Those are some good, good people. <laughs> So what, 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 oh, I never knew about a genie coming to visit you. Was this one of your childhood best friends? <laughs> one of my hallucinations. One, one, one of your many. She had more invisible friends. Imaginary friends. Okay. They weren't they invisible. Were, you can't see them. I could. <laughs> so on invisible some level. to me. How about that? I still don't know exactly what a genius spirit is. So, so like back in the day, like we're talking Plato, Aristotle, you know, then they didn't think a man was of some great, you know, that man. Yeah, they is wouldn't a be like, hey, Steve Jobs is a genius. They'd be like, oh, he was visited by the spirit of genius. And that's like where his gift came from? Yes. Yeah. So they're saying it's it takes your ego out of it in a sense of, oh, I don't have to create all of this stuff. I don't have to produce this stuff. It's just it's gonna an idea is gonna come to me, a solution's gonna come to me, that kind of thing. Which is what artists do, which is what, you know, a lot of like really amazing number one songs, like the, the writers will tell you, like came to them in five minutes, just boom. Yeah. Like that. Or yeah. people that channel books or. Um, yeah. It's more for creativity than like. Well, except for, I think that you can stay in that book. space because I think Nikolai Tesla is a really good example of somebody who was in such a headspace that he perpetually invited genius to him. I don't know. Tell me more about your genie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the genie. Listen, don't bring my genie into this. <laughs> okay. You never told me. I knew, have, I knew you had have, angels, <laughs> you had belly, you had navy, you had all kinds of crazy imaginary friends, which um, I wish I would have. As a mom, like you look back and you go, where could I have done a better job? I really do wish that I would have encouraged you to tell me more about your imaginary friends because I think that there's a reason a kid does that. And I think it has to do with really and truly who they are at a soul level. Like all their, their past lives. I don't know what it is. I mean, there's so much we don't know and I love that. I love the unknown. But... Yeah, I wish I would have encouraged it. I think that, I don't know, you said an angel pinched your nose one day. <laughs> Why didn't I ask? That would happen to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> an angelic spirit from heaven visited me, and all they did was pinch my nose and bounce. Like, I didn't get any special spirit messages, no gifts. Well, we don't know, and that's what I'm saying. I wish I would have actually actively encouraged it because I do think I would have gotten to know you better even if it is imaginary, but then how do we know that kids don't see through the veil? Like, we don't know. Maybe they're closer to it, the same way somebody who has a near-death experience is, and they can see things, actual things. They can see dead people? <laughs> I mean, there's people who can. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I was just referencing oh. <laughs> Sixth Sense. <laughs> oh, Because he was a kid. Yes, that's true. But... That would be something I'd want to know more about if my kid was like that. And I think a lot of times back in the day, kids had paranormal experiences and they got taken to church for an exorcism. Oh, yeah. They were exorcising people left and right <laughs> there. You couldn't even have a seizure without but that's the spirit. <laughs> them and calling that's, the priest. That's the spirit. Like, and then And then you wonder if there aren't, just tons of real transmissions out there that we don't tune into that are past things. 
they say it's some of the worst energy in the world is in a prison, which would make sense. Like I picked up on Harriet Tubman and she was in here yesterday talking to you. <laughs> you know, you don't know. Like it's, it's interesting to me. I got a weird, creepy paranormal vibe when I went to uh, the Clink prison in London. We just happened to stumble upon it. We were like, why not this dream? Like, ooh, Ooh. this looks kind of cool. And apparently that's where the name the clink comes from because the sound of like the door slamming or whatever. But they give you a little tour and tell you all these horror stories. And I was like, man, there's a creepy vibe in this place. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I I can see where prisons definitely have a um, a lot of negative energy. Yeah. And I I absolutely believe it's what we are. We're like the tuning fork and we're going to resonate with whatever frequency energy is around us based on where we are on that emotional level <laughs> yeah walk up to someone like you have big haunted prison energy <laughs> so i'm i can't okay i'm looking for someone with harriet tubman energy that doesn't need a gps <laughs> like somebody with a good sense of direction barbara eden energy yeah jack the ripper energy uh-huh. <laughs> so uh that's frightening. Do Jack the Ripper? Jack the Ripper. Um, he was English, or so we think. Um, I love reading about serial killers, but I hate serial killer stories where they never find the. Me too. <laughs> this just drives like, me nuts. I literally am like, how could they one not? Day. Yeah. Because it's the they don't have DNA, they don't have surveillance. Yeah. This was hundreds of years ago. What are they gonna do? Zodiac killer too, and that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, do we want to? Do you want to go on to our last segment? Oh, gosh, time has flown. Yes, let's do it. So our last segment is called Why'd You Tweet That? And we pull up tweets, and they can be from anyone. But I think I chose tweets from your profile. I did just yours, too. I did just yours. I creeped on yours as long as... Oh, I didn't go back too far on yours. Oh, I did. All right, hold on. I'm trying to find where mine is. Yeah, me too. I have it on my phone here. You guys just need me to kill some time while you find it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I actually obeyed you because one of your tweets oh, no. was this tweet deserves so much more attention. <laughs> oh. So I'm going to give it more attention. Okay. So it's like a tweet of a tweet. Yeah, I quote tweeted an old tweet of mine yes. and yelled at my followers for not for not really and you had my, five likes on it, which is good. You don't have thousands and thousands of no, people. No, I following have a you. very, very small Twitter following. <laughs> so five is good. I'm not hating on it, but it says a restaurant called Sherlock Bones <laughs> and instead of sexy outfits, you're turned on by how observant the wait staff is. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> you do have a theme. Uh, <laughs> no, everything has to be suspicious or funny. I, it's just because I'm obsessed with that BBC Sherlock Holmes show uh-huh. with Benedict Cumberbatch. It's so good. It's one. It's the only TV show in my entire life that I've loved so much that I've rationed it out like throughout years. You wouldn't let yourself binge. No, absolutely not. It's too sacred. That's discipline there. I know. That's impressive. It's like a it's like a treat, you know? You just gotta it's like when I need like a Sherlock Holmes dose every once in a while. But yeah, I tweeted that and I was like, Sherlock Bones, that's funny. That sounds sexual. Then I was like, I would go to a restaurant (laughs) called Sherlock Bones (laughs) and you just the waiters are really smart and you're like, damn, their observational skills are hot. That is hot. Like, I remember, wasn't it Robert Downey Jr. that played Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, yeah and those oh Guy Ritchie movies. Gosh. Yep. Oh, I loved that movie. And they did everything in slow motion so you could see it all. And you're like, damn. Got like ultra slow motion. But the other reason I like that is because I love the law of correspondence, which is what Sherlock Holmes is using at all times, is the ability as within, so without. Whatever that person is, they're showing it in some way, but you just have to be smart enough to pick up on it, which is really cool. But I love that tweet. It was cute. Thank you. So um, why did you tweet it? <laughs> just paying homage to my homie Sherlock Holmes. All right. Just no, you know, out here respecting him and Good his answer. legacy. <laughs> to me, that's the kind of stuff you should tweet. Right? It's like what Twitter's for. It's little thoughts and jokes and things like that, I think. Yeah, yeah, motivational things. Yeah, Little bite-sized content, just <laughs> straight from your brain. You know? <laughs> That's so true. I love um, it. So the tweet of yours I p- 
pulled up mainly because I literally is did not know. Is this an old one? Yeah, but it doesn't. Am I ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, I mean, you don't have to say names, but um, it says my heart drops when certain people text me. I like it. Oh, that's so funny. So that, I I don't, when was this? Well, don't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I was don't like, say, don't say I was like, protect, excuse yeah. me. Who's making you know, your heart drop? There's some people that make my heart drop that I don't want to text. But that's so clearly someone that was I wanted to, right? Okay. Isn't that? What did it was did I clarify? You said I like it in all caps. Okay. So I think, okay. I think you liked it. Okay. <laughs> and so I think that perhaps I was sending a message to someone. You, you, you were subtweeting? <laughs> yeah. You were, you were subtweeting someone to text yeah. you more Please often? Please pay attention to me. <laughs> you should have just added them and said, Please pay attention to me. I'm, you know, I'm not that mature on Twitter. I am in person, though. <laughs> that was a good one. Car, do you ever subtweet? No, not at all. Yeah? No, I don't have anything to subtweet about. Yeah. If I'm mad at someone, I'm not going to get on Twitter and talk about it. Well, it doesn't have to be anger. Yeah, I guess. It could be, like, mysterious. I could see you doing that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, next time we'll have to pull up one of yours, Kev. Unless, do you Twitter? No, or tweet? never. Yeah, okay, never mind. Then. But I'll start doing it. You're just out. for you guys. <laughs> that way we can we can pull you into the last few minutes of the of the show. Yeah, if I just start tweeting, it'll make it pretty easy to pick out which my last, you know, last ones will be to talk about on the show because there'll only be like two. <laughs> yeah. Narrow the selection a little bit there. That'd be fun. And then do you have another one? Uh, yes. Okay. You said the pain portal, dot, 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 a realm of possible turnarounds. Oh. What the hell is a pain portal? Well, I think anything that, a portal to me is a, a place you walk through or a place that you end up in. It's a realm. And as far as pain goes, like I used to be very anti-pain, and I think one of the things, like mental, pain, any, right? any kind of pain. I mean, Not any kind of pain. pain. And, I mean, even physical pain. Like, yeah, I don't want that. But, but when you think about it, one of the things that's so amazing about pain is that it is very clarifying. <laughs> it, it it lets you know that you don't like it. Um, but I think in that particular case, I was talking about emotional pain and how when you really understand why something hurts it's feedback and if you use that feedback then it actually ends up being a really amazing thing hence the reason there's a little tiny white dot in the yin and yang black did i even say yin and yang right i don't even know if that's how you say it yin and yang I don't yin know. and yang i don't know i don't think it's yin and yang <laughs> it's got that yin and yang <laughs> Um, um, all right, so hold on. Let me get one. Out. I think I have one more of yours. So you're saying you got to go through the pain portal well, to clear emotions? Yes. I don't under... So like, let's say you have some pattern in your life that's a bad pattern and you don't like it. You're going to have to face something so that you can see why you're doing it. And if you can understand the benefits of why you're trying to protect yourself or why you're guarding against something or why you're even sticking your head in the sand, then you no longer will do that. And so there's a benefit to actually facing the so-called enemy within. Okay. Because it really isn't an enemy. All right, so um, I have one for you. What is it? Okay, last night I had a dream that a hot famous guy asked me on a date and I stood him up to go to a stand-up set at an abandoned hospital, glad to know even my subconscious puts my career first. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> who was the celebrity? I don't remember, but he was so hot. I think it was like an athlete or something. Okay, though. not Dev Patel. No, it wasn't Dev Patel or Tom Hardy. Um, but it was like this really hot, dark-haired guy that was like super into me, and I was like, I'm really busy. <laughs> And then I was doing stand-up in an abandoned hospital with, like, literally an audience member of two. And I think that's just from PTSD from going to stand -up. shitty open bar mics where there are, like, two people and it does look like an abandoned hospital. <laughs> Bad bars. But those are good places to practice, right? Yeah, I mean, all practice is good practice. There you go. And you did actually shoot as a younger person in a hospital that was abandoned once. Do you remember that? Mm, with no. Bobby remember you guys were in a hospital it was like down in Grand Prairie somewhere it was an abandoned hospital 
and we shot a hospital scene where Tina was your mother. That wasn't abandoned. There was people it, there. It was abandoned. No, there wasn't. Was, there was full ass people in that waiting room. They had a vending machine. <laughs> no abandoned hospital but, has a vending machine. Well, it, let's just say it was a hospital that was out of business and that maybe the people that were there were with the crew and the production mm. company. Well, jury's still out on that one. <laughs> Vending machine is you a big can, lead. Do you see how deep, I would agree. Do you see how deep our trust is? <laughs> no, I just have trust in my own memory. Yeah, which is usually really good. Yeah. But I'll call Bobby after this and we'll confirm on the next show. Okay, we can <laughs> confirm it. All right. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say before we go? No, I think we both did too, right? Yep. Over right. and out. Signing yeah. off. We're done. This has been Carmen and Carlisle. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.